All right, open your Bibles to 2 uh, Corinthians. I've been getting a lot out of Corinthians. You know, in uh, just the uh, Bible schedule that uh, we've, I've been on, a few other folks uh, mixes it up with the Old Testament and New Testament. We're in the 2 Corinthians right now. And uh, I hope you get as much out of this chapter, this passage in 2 Corinthians as I did the other morning. It was, uh, it was a good time with the Lord in, in His Word. 2 Corinthians, I just before we even read, we're going to go out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, but just read the, first two ver- the last two verses of chapter 3 with me first. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. He says, now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed in the same image, from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. You know, the Spirit of the Lord has the power to change us. The Spirit of the Lord, He says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Isn't it wonderful to be in a place that has the Spirit of the Lord, where there is a good Spirit in your home, in the church, and in your life? This Spirit of God is so powerful in our lives, the power to save us, the power to change us, the power to keep us, the power to lead us. This morning's message is, He gives power to the faint. In other words, when we, uh, in this life, as we struggle, and as we get tired, and as we face just life, Every now and again, we need, let me say this, all the time, we need the Lord's strength in our life. We need His strength. We need His strength to lead us, to guide us, to carry us through, so that we can do what He's called us to do with a good spirit and with the right spirit. Look with me now in verse 1 of chapter 4. He says, Therefore, Seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy. Aren't you, aren't you thankful for the mercy of God? You know, I, I find myself more and more just, uh, just saying, Lord, have mercy on me. You know, Lord, help me. Lord, have mercy on me. I see this situation. I see this thing. I see that thing. I see what we're facing or what's coming down the road. And constantly saying, Lord... Have mercy on me. And I am here to tell you as a personal testimony, He has had mercy on me. I mean, He has been merciful to me. I'm thankful to that. He says that we have this ministry. As we have received mercy, we faint not. I have made it clear, and we say it constantly here, that we are all ministers. We all have a ministry. 
Hey, as a parent, you're a minister, right? As a spouse, you're a minister. As a worker, in, in, in your work, in your home, at your church, we all are called, we're all called to the ministry of reconciliation. And so in this daily home, in our daily work, in our daily uh, walk with Christ, has it ever, have you ever gotten a little bit uh, exhausted you know, where you just start to feel, oh, I don't know, you know, you know, this, this week uh, with moving, this is a good passage for us this week, is looking at, you know, the, all the things that are going on, all the stuff that's happening, uh, it's, it, uh, as long, along with just a daily uh, workload, add moving on top of that. And you can start to, you know, get a little bit fatigued. You could get exhausted. But I'll tell you, as I got into Scripture, reading this passage, there was just kind of like a, a wind in my sails that, listen, the Lord is with us. And His Spirit will energize us. And His Spirit can refresh us. The way... The way to do ministry, as I've always said, is out of an overflow. It's not out of a have to. It's not out of a, I'm just going to do it. There may be times in our lives where we have the discipline, discipline's good, to do what we know we're supposed to do. But listen, we don't want to have to go through our whole lives as I'm doing this because I feel like I have to. We want to be in our Christian life to say, listen, when someone says, when you minister to someone, listen, and they say thank you, truly in your heart you're thinking, I don't know why they have to thank me. I enjoyed that. I, I liked doing that. It was, they don't even need to thank me. I, I enjoyed what I just did. I felt like the Lord used me and it felt good to be used of the Lord. And it wasn't a have to type thing all the time. But we're human. And there's time of fatigue. There's time of weakness. There's time of exhaustion. There is. All of us face it. He says in verse 2, But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. You know, as we put, as we walk with the Lord and begin to seek after Him, all of our prayers should be to put away this, this, this dishonesty. Really, we should, we should, and all of us have it in us to, to, and most of the time it's just self-preservation. We're trying to make ourselves not look bad or something like that. But we ought to take this commitment of, Lord, I need to be honest. Put away this dishonesty and seek the Lord in truth. Seek the Word of God. Listen, he says using the Word of God. Uh, deceitfully or craftiness, handle the way that we handle the Word of God. You know how we should handle the Word of God? Not go to it trying to get it to say what we want it to say. Because if we do, we probably could. We could probably get it to say what we want it to say, taking things out of context and doing things like that. But you know what it'll do? It'll, it'll be to our own destruction. It'll be to our own peril. 
What we want and all of us should have the same spirit and attitude going to the Word of God saying, Lord, I want to know the truth no matter if it goes against what I think already, what I, what I know already. I want to find the context of this passage. I want to find the context of, this, of your Word. And I want to get into it. I want to search it out. And I want to find it. And there is something about the Lord manifesting His truth to us that is just awesome. I, I have been in, in, in Bible studies. I have been just personally reading the Scripture or someone show me something. And when truth is manifest, when truth is made, when I see something, I, when, I, when, it, when the lights come on, on a truth or a Bible thing, it is, it is energizing. There's just something about it. It's just, wow, that is wonderful. And as Christians, as followers of Christ, as we go through our lives, we get discouraged, we get exhausted, we get uh, 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 set back, but we don't want to spend the whole life defeated. He says in Isaiah, a popular passage here in verse 40, or chapter 40, verse 29, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. The young man shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, and I've talked about this verse, those that seek Him, those that are expecting Him, those that are going to His Word, wanting to commune with Him, wanting to fellowship with Him, seeking His truth, those that wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk in what? Not faint. As we talk about, He gives power to the faint. He, you know, you know what Paul said about uh, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said it is the power of God right. unto salvation. Look what uh, he says here in Second Corinthians, chapter four and verse three. He says, "But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God, small g, of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not." Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. Do you know that church, our Christian life, our walk with Christ is not about us? He says, we, he says, For we preach not ourselves. In other words, when Paul went to Corinth and when Paul went to another city to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the message was not about Paul. And really, the message was not about the people that he was preaching to. The message was about what? Christ. And you know, that is where we get our power source. When we, listen, when we start to get faint, when we start to get weak in our walk with Christ, it may be worthwhile to step back and look and say, have I been focused on myself? 
Or have I been focused on the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel? He says, for we preach Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This gospel message, you know, uh, everyone here this morning uh, would, would uh, profess to be saved, profess to be a Christian, follower of Christ. You said, how much time would you spend preaching on the gospel? Uh, the gospel is for the lost. No, the gospel is for the saved as well. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ remembering His death his burial and resurrection and what He did for us is, is the power of our lives. To sit here this morning and to turn our, our minds focus on what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary, the gospel message, I believe will empower us. It'll show us how much He loves us, show us how much He cares for us, and what, it, what extent He would go to to save us. It's empowering. He says in verse, uh, look with me in verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You and I have this Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. What a treasure. To have the third person of the Trinity uh, take up residence in our lives. You know, you say, I don't have power to overcome this temptation. I don't have power to uh, help other people. I don't have power to uh, be the husband that I need to be, to be the parent that I need to be. To be the... Yeah, maybe we don't. But the power of God in us can change us and can help us. Never underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit, this treasure that we have that indwells us. And recognizing that this power is not of us, but it's from God to us. He says in in Psalms 29 verse 11, The Lord will give strength unto His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. You know, as believers, as followers of Christ, we may be weak on the outside, but on the inside, we should be strengthened, we should be renewed, there should be something inside us that no matter how hard things hit us, and no matter how much we're bent and twisted and turned, we don't break. We don't break. Why? Because of the power. You know what? You know what? Uh, what? What the Philistines? I always find this interesting. The Philistines came to Delilah, and they said to her to ask Samson to find out where his great strength lies. That tells me that Samson probably didn't look like you know Arnold. Because then they'd have been like, well, we know where his strength's at. But you know what? They saw this. The Bible says this a couple different times. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Tore the lion. He did all these sort of things. You know what? As Christians, as followers of Christ, uh, uh, 
there should be some folks that look at us after things that we've had to face and things that we go through and they say, wow, where does that strength come from? I mean, some of the hardships and some of the things and just the pressures of life. You know, this world, and I'm not saying this sarcastically, but this world, the only thing, that, what do they have to turn to for comfort? What do they have to turn to for hope? What do they have to turn to for peace? Most of it is, is, has to be medicated or self-medicated or somehow to get our mind off of the problems that we have, all of us do, or just the, the, just the regular pressures of life. But as followers of Christ, we have an oasis, we have a place of rest, and a place of peace with Christ. It's a great strength that He gives us. Look at, turn, hold your finger there in 2 Corinthians, but turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says to the church at Corinth, in verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's what we just read in 2 Corinthians, right? That's what he's saying. It's not about us, it's about Christ. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Paul's outward circumstances... The things that were going on in his life outwardly, he was weak, he was fearful, he was all these things. Verse 4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, look at this, but demonstration of the Spirit and and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul says, When I came, I didn't speak, I wasn't a great speaker. I, didn't, I, I, I was fearful, I was weak myself, but you saw the power of the Spirit of God. You know, you know the greatest evidence of the power of the Spirit of God is someone's salvation, someone born again, someone coming to know Christ as their Lord and Savior, and you yourself, if you would look in your own life to think, you know, there's so many times as you go along in your life, you think, oh, I've got so far I need to go. We all probably feel that way. I've got a long way to go in Christ. But if you give yourself a break for a second and look back where God is taking you from, what, what you used to be without the Spirit of God working in your life, without the power of God, that's amazing, isn't it? Isn't that amazing what God has and can do in our lives? That's what he's saying to the Corinthians. Listen, the Spirit of God is, is, is powerful in your life. And when you experience Him and you experience Christ, there is, a, there is a benefit that happens that you start to put your faith and trust in the Lord and His Spirit instead of other men, other people. Paul said, don't trust in me. Don't follow after me. There's a verse that God spoke to me. You know, I've told, said before when I'm reading the Scripture and God really helps me and shows me something, I'll put that date right beside that verse. And um, and see the Lord work. I I had this verse has come up several times. I have a date written beside it, and 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 God. It seems like when things are happening and, and strange uh, 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 
things are going on in your life, uh, God will bring this verse back up. I, I'll tell you this story. We were, uh, there was a time in my life I was fearful. I was wondering what God was doing. I, I, I was uh, wondering the direction that he would take me. It was like 11 o'clock at night. I was just reading my Bible, trying to get some rest, some peace. And I read this verse, Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. When I read that, I will help thee, I don't know, something happened to me. I really believed that God was saying He was going to help me. I really believed it. Yea, I will uphold thee with thy right hand of my righteousness. I, he, 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 gave, he gave me that verse, and I, I remember the last day of, in February, I was back in India, and I told you all that, uh, uh, right before we flew out, this, that mega church, 30, 40,000 members, something like that, asked me to preach right the, the day before we got, got on the plane. And I, I was standing in the front row, and uh, you know, these screens are the size of this church, <laughs> some of them up there. And I'm, I'm standing there in the front of this, and the preacher got up, the, the pastor. He says, I want to share this verse. Before, before we, uh, you know, before we get started, he says, turn to Isaiah 41, 10. And I turned there, and that date was written down there. Just something overwhelmed me. And I thought, you know what? God will lead us. God will help us. God will, if we trust in Him, we don't have to fear those things, in the, those things that we may be facing at that time. God will help us. And I think that although that verse may have helped thousands of other people, when that preacher read that verse there and it was set there on the screen the size of, you know, the side of this building, I was looking at that thing and God's like, I said I would help you. And here I'll help you. Just trust me. Don't be fearful. Don't worry about the future. We're in God's hands. Turn back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He is, there's no reason for us to be dis, dis, uh, dismayed, to be uh, fearful. He says in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 4, he says, We are troubled on every side, yea, not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. You know what? There's going to be times in our life of discouragement. There's going to be times of our life uh, where we are, we feel defeated or we feel discouraged. But listen, if we trust in the Lord, I, I believe we will and cannot be destroyed. He will, he will help us if we only trust in Him. There's no reason to be in despair. You know what despair is, is we feel like it will never get better. You know, that, that, that we have no hope, that the future, you know, we'll never have this happiness again. We'll never have uh, good times again. That's just a, that's a lie that the enemy would try to put on us, to try to get us to despair. Look at verse 13. He says, we have the same spirit of faith, according as written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall pres present us with you. 
You know, the Spirit of God has resurrecting power. You talk about power. You talk about power to fix something that's broke. There is nothing more broken than something that's dead. I mean, when it's dead, it's done, right? Humanly speaking, when it's dead, it's not broke, it is complete. It's not going to get fixed. But the power of the Spirit of God is there to give life. If you've accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you've experienced this resurrection, resurrecting life. That is one of the pictures and types of baptism that we'll have next, next Sunday, that we are dead unto sins, but alive in Christ. We have new life in Christ. Why? Through and by His Spirit. Look with me in verse 15. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many abound to the glory of God. You know, it's important in our life when we are starting to feel weak, when we're starting to feel uh, down, when we're a little bit faint, is to take time for thanksgiving. You know what will encourage us? You, you know what will help us? is to stop and start to thank God for His blessings. I mean to stop and to thank God for all the good things that He has done. And before long, uh, our, our, that weakness that we are feeling will start to feel a little bit energized. When we start talking about the goodness and the grace of God to us and every single one of us, just the fact that we... We have the freedom to meet here today in this country and the, the abilities that we have, the health that we have. Everyone walked in here this morning, the health that we have, just the blessings that we have, this thankfulness will help us to win our battles. Look at, there's a story in Second Chronicles. I'm just going to get kind of quick, uh, taking a little longer than I thought, but Second Chronicles chapter 20 in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, there's an uh, invasion of Judah by Ammon and the Moabites. In verse 3, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord, even out of all the cities of Judah. And they came to seek the Lord. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 where I'm at. Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah, just like we talked about last week with Hezekiah as they're being attacked. You know what they did? They went to the Lord. They began to seek after Him and begin to ask the Lord for His help. And uh, verse let's see here, verse uh, verse 15 And He said, Hearken ye all of Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, that thou and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid or dismayed by reason of the great multitude. Look at this. For the battle is not yours, but God's. You know what will help us have some rest? Is to recognize that the battle is not ours. That this is not our responsibility to win, to get through. But when we trust in the Lord, that He will help us. Look what it says in verse 17. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. 
Verse 20, And they arose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tako. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers. This is a strange appointment during battle to appoint singers under the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and say, praise the Lord for His mercy endureth forever. This is praising the Lord before the battle was, before the battle was fought. This was praising the Lord before the battle was won. This is, a, this is another level of faith. is not just trusting the Lord, but starting to praise and worship His name before the battle is won, that He's going to win the battle for us. Verse 22, And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set uh, ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seor, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. As they began to praise the Lord, as they began to sing to the Lord and worship the Lord, the Lord won the battle for them. How wonderful is that? To be able to think of the, the things that you're facing, the things that we face that wear us out. And that's where we a lot of times get wore out. It's not just in the physical action. It's the wore out in our mind. We get wore out in our mind first. But to be able to sit there and say, listen, this is the Lord's battle. I'll trust in Him to fight it. I'll trust in Him to win it. Turn back to 2 Corinthians. Verse 16. Chapter 4, verse 16. Thanksgiving is a great part of our, our renewing, great part of our strength. Listen, when you're thankful... The, the strength, just think of that, the strength that comes from being thankful to the Lord. Our weakness comes when we're not trusting the Lord, when we're not counting the blessings, when we're not seeing what He's doing. That's what, you know, nobody's ever just quit on the Lord when they're thankful. When they're praising the Lord for all the wonderful things that He's doing in their life, when they're seeing that the things that are good in their life come from the Lord, Instead of thinking that maybe it come from ourselves. He says in verse 16, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed, what? Day by day. You know when we get strengthened? You know when we get renewed? Day by day. It's a daily fellowship with the Lord. It's a daily going to His Word and getting help, getting renewed. You say, I need some rest. Hey, go and rest in the Lord. Take that time to fellowship with God in prayer and fellowship with God in His Word. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Now, Paul calls it light affliction. Some of the affliction that he went through, I would say would have been heavy for me. But he says, but our light affliction is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at things which are seen, 
for the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. As we close this morning, our, our perspective on the things around us, our perspective on, on our problems... Sometimes it's, it's good just to say, is this an eternal problem <laughs> or a temporal problem? You know, sometimes we think this is a big problem. Is it? Maybe our, maybe our focus, maybe our, our perspective is a little off and we'll begin to think, hey, this is just a, a temporal thing. God, God can take care of this. This, you know, a year from now, the things that we worry about. Uh, might not be a problem at all. Five years from now, it may be just something that we barely remember. This time to take to renew ourselves, to seek His Spirit, to walk after uh, the Spirit and trust in Him is 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 so, the time spent in renewing ourselves is so worthwhile. Because there's two things. It'll strengthen us for the ministry that He has for us. And it'll help us to have the right spirit when we do ministry. To be able to do it with joy and not with grief. Let's pray. Dearly Father God, we come before You. And God, we're asking You to strengthen us for what You've called us to do. We pray that You'd give us the power of Your Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to help us. Lord, give us a right spirit, a right heart toward You and all that we do. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.